When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome into Brown's Cast, uh, week 13 debrief. Week 13? Is that where we're at? Yeah, week 13. Um, we're, we're about a day late. Um, to be honest, we were both just not feeling it last night. Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not yesterday. Um, it's a frustrating game. Loss. Another loss. Um, is that the first time this year they've lost two in a row? I think it is. Um yeah, this year, I think so. Yeah, so uh, kind of a new experience for this year. Obviously, we're used to the Browns losing, but you know, this year it's been a little bit different. Um, I think, and I, I feel like this is the vibe that everyone kind of took away, at least everyone in the Discord, and I, I feel like some of the fan, some of the Twitter, Twitter sphere is starting to come around on this feeling too. This team has played out a long time. They've played a long, played out a long string and been able to maintain despite the injuries. We've flipped the calendar to December, and I think now we're starting to see ramifications of that. Yeah, I can agree. Just watching the game where Miles is basically a third down specialist, you're, you're missing Denzel Ward in the secondary, and then you have Joe Flacco, who's your fourth string quarterback playing, you, you you understand the reality that is starting to finally hit this team. It, unfortunately, at the worst time in terms of the playoff picture and coming down the stretch. Luckily, they have the benefit of an easier schedule than maybe some that we're competing with. But yeah, it's not, it's not fun right now. Yeah, I guess that's kind of the benefit of us getting really injured last year and fall, slipping into fourth place at the end of the season. Uh, we got some of those, some of that fourth place schedule luck this year, and a lot of those teams stayed bad. Um, I think, yeah, we got the Jets and the Bears out of that. I think. Mm-hmm. So that that's that's kind of that, that that's a good place to be, but. Um, you know, we're still staring at a schedule where we need to find three wins. Um, there's three extremely winnable games left. And, you know, maybe maybe they find a way to win those games and they get healthy over the last month and they can make a playoff game interesting. But, you know, I think you're, you're just we're, – we're just at a point where the attrition has set in. It, we staved it off as long as – like the team staved it off for so long. Uh, they got through that Steelers game. They've made these last two weeks competitive until the end. But we're, we're we've made it. Well, we've gone what three games now since Deshaun was declared out for the season. You won the first one, which was arguably the most important one because uh, you beat the Steelers. You beat. You won a home game. Those those are the important ones to win. But you went on the road and got kind of smacked around twice in the fourth quarter. And that's not where this team has been all year. So 
they've been resilient and they, they, they've shown that they can come back from things like this. And so they're coming home for the first time in a few weeks. It's, I mean, we'll see what they got this Sunday. Yeah. I think right now they just need a little home cooking and hope. And it sounds like the weather might be in their favor from that standpoint, you got like a team from Florida. So, you know, you never know how they feel about the conditions of dealing with like the Midwest. So, you know, that's always something. Yeah. I was, I was trying to look this up. Um, I don't know if the Jaguars have necessarily played a game in weather, in cold weather, um, in Trevor Lawrence's tenure. Uh, they played a game in New York at the end of last season, Trying to see what the weather was. Uh, usually it listed, but it doesn't. Um, they played a game in New York at the end of last season. Houston. They played a game in Tennessee at the end of last season. Those are those are two games that could have had weather. Um, top of my head, I don't remember if they did. Uh, but you know, you play in Jacksonville. <laughs> Three of uh, the other the other team in your division is in Nashville, and then there's two domes. So yeah, you're not dealing with elements that much. The most you're yeah. maybe dealing with is the rain in Florida. Yeah, and and Tennessee can get a little weird towards the end of the season. It can get really cold there, but um, you know, th- th- this could be a new experience for them. Not saying that it'll be a huge advantage for the for the Browns, but it was a huge advantage for the Browns when they played the Niners. So may- maybe that the Cleveland being in a, uh, outdoors comes back and the the no dome faction will have more more ammo but <laughs> i think i think we do need to kind of address yesterday a little bit uh i think the the easiest thing to take away from yesterday aside from the fact that their the defense is is beat up and it's hard for them to function when they're so hurt but i think offensively and we we talked about this at the end of the podcasts on th- last Thursday, and I think we kind of saw it come to fruition. I'm not sure you can bench Joe Flacco. Yeah, I, I think I came to the same conclusion too. Like the way he was just playing within the rhythm of the offense, it looked like he had. Been, well, obviously there were some times that wasn't great, but there it looked like he just fit right in. Like the way his, his style of play just meshes with what Stefanski wants to do, like play action, run the ball, take your shots. That's just kind of what Joe has been doing with the Ravens for the majority of his career. And like it kind of just looked like old Joe Flacco just doing what he used to do when he was with Baltimore. Yeah, I think some of that, I think might have to do with the um, the Rams maybe not being able to generate the same kind of pass rush. Um, uh, Aaron Donald was kept in decent check for the entire game. Uh, I mean, he, he was credited with the safety in the la- on the last relevant play of the game, but um, that, that I think that was a foregone conclusion. But <laughs> yeah, that was just stat chasing at that point. Yeah, like, I don't know. Nothing that happened in the final two minutes really mattered, I don't think. (laughs) But 
like we do lose a lot in terms of mobility. Um, Jacksonville has a good pass rush. Um, the Jets have a good pass rush. The Bears apparently have a good pass rush now, but I don't know how they're going to be able to score. So, um, like. I think I think Flacco has enough control of the offense that he kind of looked like a, a bit like Jacoby Brissett um, last year. Like the offense felt very similar, where they were able to open up the passing game a little more. But you know now you don't have Nick Chubb to fall back on in the run game. Yeah, um, and I think we continue to see why. You know, for all the people that are saying that they need to run the ball more, I think we're seeing why they don't run the ball that much. It's because it's just not working. Um, yeah, like that's why I didn't mind when they were going like up towards 30 to 40 pass attempts. I'm like, I get it. It was the best off offense they had all day was just taking shots and just like getting the ball down the field that way. Like, so I didn't mind it because, yeah, that the the D tackles are just eating – whatever holes alive so the running backs couldn't get any room. Yeah, I think, I mean, Jerome Ford is a good complementary piece to Nick Chubb, and that's the reason he was drafted. Um, but, you know, he's getting out carried right now by Kareem Hunt. Uh, and I think that kind of says a lot about where the rush, the run offense is. Yeah. And he's more um, of a short yard situation back at this point of his career because, like, he can just yeah. barrel through most barrel through for four or five yards. Yeah, I mean, Kareem Hunt had twelve carries for forty-eight yards. Jerome Ford had nine carries for nineteen yards. Um, not good. I mean, it's just not good. It, it takes away from your running efficiency, uh, and you know, Joe Flacco wasn't perfect. Uh, the pick obviously took a lot from his his rating at the end of the day, but like he still might have posted one of the highest QBRs of a Browns quarterback this year. Um, a what twenty three of forty four for two fifty four and a two touchdowns. It <laughs> says a lot oh. about how how this year's been quarterback wise, where we're just like, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, I mean, relative to everything else we've seen, that's pretty good. Um, just the the quarterback position had struggled. Uh, I think Joe Flacco, I think what struck me most is that he's still able to throw accurately and he's still able to, like, he knows where to go based on what the defense is giving him more so than what DTR will know because Joe Flacco has seen, what, 15 years of it, 15 seasons of it. This is yeah. his 16th season. So, like, he's seen it. He's been around. He, he knows what he's doing. Um, I think having someone like that be the quarterback for the last five games, while, you're, while your ceiling might be lower, because DTR might be able to do more with the offense as he gets comfortable, mm-hmm. I think you're, the floor is a bit higher with Flacco, because he's not going to have... I don't think he's going to have a whole lot of like boneheaded mistakes that come with being a young quarterback. Yeah, like I would say I would agree with that too just because like 
outside of the pick at the very end of the game, he he was just he knew where to go. He had a lot of velocity on the on the ball, and he just was like very deliberate with everything outside of the pick, which I think was just like the nuance of the offense. He probably doesn't know because like he kind of hitched it and just threw it up there. But other yeah. than that, he he knew enough to where it was like I can control the pace of this game and just keep the offense moving, and that kind of was what it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, he did a good job distributing the ball as well. I think we saw the during, like a graphic in the middle of the game that he had nine different pass catchers. He threw the ball to nine different people. Um, yeah, and I think he also had like the most uh, passing yards out of play action since like Case Keenum back in twenty twenty one. Jake Trotter tweeted that out, and I thought, wow, really? Uh, yeah, he, that he's pretty good. Yes, yesterday. Those play action throws are as much about getting the correct, like being able to get the defense to bite. And then it's about making quick decisions. Um, yeah. Cause usually in a play action play, you maybe have one or two, like one or two wide receivers that, that are your options. So yeah, you're trying to make a quick decision off, off two receivers. Yeah. And he did a good job about that. As soon as he would turn around and get ready to throw, the ball would be going to where it needed to be because there was a guy open. So it was it was nice to see that kind of decision making quickly. Um, I think we were starting to see a little bit of it with Deshaun before he went down. Um, maybe he'll get back to that next year. Um, I guess we'll we'll go we'll see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I do wonder that if if uh, just kind of playing out playing out the scenario here, if Flacco is the quarterback for the remaining five games and he does well enough to get them to the playoffs, I wonder if he hangs around next season. Um, yeah, I could maybe see it. Like, just hang around as being a backup. Like, I could see it. Yeah, I mean, it could be tough to... I mean, because obviously, obviously they want to keep DTR. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. I think we're getting a little ahead of ourselves there. But, like... The game was 20 to 19 with eight minutes to go, and the Browns had the ball, I believe. So they very well could have pulled off a similar thing to the, the Ravens game and figured it out. And, and from there, they could have won the game, but it just wasn't going to happen yesterday. Um, it's just. Now they got to show that they're still resilient. Hopefully, we get some guys back from injury. Yeah, they just, yeah, they just kind of have to stick with what they've been doing in terms of just keep plugging away because that's their only choice at this point. Yeah, you're not wrong there, and hopefully, some guys are healthy. Hopefully, Denzel is closer to coming back this week. You can really tell where they needed him, probably against Puka, Puka for sure. Because that matchup was just eating them alive from, like, virtually from the first series. <laughs> it's just a matter. It's a matter almost of shifting these guys around. Like they could, like last week, it would have been helpful to have um, Denzel against uh, someone like Cortland Sutton or yeah against Jerry Judy, depending on who you want to. Uh, have it on the faster guy, but 
they just haven't had that option and we haven't heard whether or not he's going to be back next week or not. So yeah, that, that is the one thing that I think we didn't realize until he's been gone is like, they complement each other so well that when like one piece is missing, you notice it right away. And that's kind of what Denzel Ward has been (laughs) like, you you just, yeah, they just, yeah, they need him back. Yeah. It's, it's pretty obvious. Uh, we'll we'll see we'll see what they get out of him this week. Um, but until then, we <laughs> have to real roll with guys that you know. To be honest, uh, number twenty five out there. Uh, was it Mike Ford? Might, no, Khalif Halasi. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He did get. I had stuff. never heard. I had never heard of him. <laughs> to be completely honest. Um, yeah, I, I had not heard of him until that until yesterday. So yeah, it, we were deep diving deep into the practice squad yesterday. Yeah, I mean it's just kind of where we're at. It's unfortunate that they've lost so many places on the secondary. Uh, we're seeing how important even guys like um, McLeod are. So uh, it's. It's just a matter of piecing it back together. They've been a lot better at home than they have been on the road. Um, they have mostly home games the rest of the year. Uh, this week, they it's going to be an uphill climb. They are already a three-point underdog uh, at home. Uh, second time this year, they've been... Ho- uh, well, no, it's probably the third time this year they've been underdog at home. Um, but... I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts. Just got to figure it out. Yeah, that's all they can really do at this point. Yeah. And... Like yeah, that, that I guess just I, that that is the one thing that we'll figure out is like how like can they stem the tide because right now they're in a four way tie with the Colts, the Texans, the Steelers, and and us, and they need this win. Like if they won yesterday, they would have at least be at the top of the wild card, and now they're pretty much just like we just need wins <laughs> just to stave off these other teams. Yeah, I mean, it is in. I mean, we didn't know what they would be at the point, but you know that win against the Colts is obviously huge. Um, it's huge now for sure, because I think they're yeah. uh, just outside. Yeah, they're outside. The Texans are above them. Yeah, based on tiebreaker, and having the Broncos lose yesterday is bigger than I think people might have realized, um, because now they're in a position where they have to go four and one the rest of this season to get to the 10 win mark. Uh, and they still play the chargers twice and they have the lions on the schedule. So 
they could be staring uphill. I mean, they could lose their next, they could lose their next two and, and be six and eight and pretty much done. Um, so it's just a matter of like all of these teams that are in wildcard spots, you're, you're trying to, to math your way to 10 wins. Um, the Steelers math just got a lot harder because as bad as Kenny Pickett is, he's a lot better than Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> Which somehow says a lot. <laughs> oh, man. And did you see, like, I think I posted it in the Discord that the Patriots-Steelers over-under is the lowest it's been since 2005 is like 30 and a half. I, I thought that was remarkable. Yeah, that's that's going to be a really ugly football game. Um, Godspeed to those of you that are forced to watch that for work. Sicko game of the week right there. Just, <laughs> I mean, and the Patriots' defense has actually been pretty pretty solid. <laughs> Their offense has just been non-existent. So that that could very well be a game a lot like the Chargers game last week where the first to six points may win. Um, but oh, so many of these teams are going to come down to the wire on this. Uh, the Steelers need to go three and two. Broncos need to go four and one. The Texans need to go three and two. The um, Colts need to go three and two. We need to go three and two. And we play the Texans. We we don't play the Steelers, but the Steelers have the Bengals one more time, and they have the Ravens one more time. Like, and they're they're a bit of an unknown without Pickett out there because Trubisky refuses to throw to the left side of the field. Um, the offense they run apparently neglects the entire middle of the field. <laughs> so they might be really easy to defend. <laughs> <laughs> first first to 10 points, see who wins. Oh. Yeah, I mean, when you get run off the field at home by, by the Cardinals, it's not a good sign for your playoff yeah, hopes. Kyler Murray, I don't think he even threw for 120 yards, so that says a lot. <laughs> and he was, I'm going to look this up. He was 13 of 23 for 145. He ran nine for 20. James Conner had a good revenge game, 25 for 105 and two touchdowns. A lot of James Conner fans I noticed when watching that game. So yeah, hometown kid yeah, got, that, got his revenge. That makes sense though. He, he's good. He's a good story out of there. Um, I'm glad that he left the Steelers so that I could kind of root for him, his story. Yeah, I always I always liked them outside of the Steelers part, but yeah, I, I did like them too. Yeah, but I mean that that's that's just where we are in the season. the The offense needs to figure out a way to manufacture about twenty points. Um, I think against everyone left but the Jaguars, that might be enough. Um, the Texans game might be penciled in as a loss, but. I recently found out that I will be in Disney World for that game and not watching. And the last time I was in Disney World for a game and not watching was Halloween last year. And that game went well. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hope that keeps up. <laughs> keep keep the good juju in Disney World. I like it, man. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's too expensive for me to be there every week. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just. You're you're counting wins now. You're getting to a number. You got to get to ten. Yep. And I think 
I think I've been saying that since August. Like you got to find a way to get to ten. The the ten has the ten games has shifted because none of us thought the Niners were a win. <laughs> Let's be honest. None of us thought the Niners were a win. None of us thought Baltimore in Baltimore was a win. But you know we did think Baltimore at home was a win. So the the wins have just kind of shifted around. Um, and you're with that. You're probably about where you thought you'd be. Although we did think we'd be, we we probably thought we'd sweep Pittsburgh this year because, it, despite the preseason hype, we didn't think they were that good. They're seven and five, and I don't think anyone thinks they're that good. <laughs> no, like uh, it's if there's a paper tiger, that's them. It, it they are a total paper tiger. Yeah, I mean they've they've got enough defensively to scare you, but if you have a, a shred of a soul on defense. Um, Especially, yeah, like I've, it, if you have any semblance of a defense, you should be fine. Yeah. They're showing, uh, actually, on Monday Night Football right now, they're showing the Jaguars' uh, percent chance to win the remaining schedule. And they have Jaguars at a 57% chance to win this week. Hmm. Um, which, you know, not great when you're the road team, when you're the home team and you're not favorite, but. Basically a toss-up. We'll see what the weather does. We'll see who's healthy. We'll and see how Trevor Lawrence reacts to the cold. Um, he is from Georgia. He played at Clemson. He not plays exactly in Jacksonville. Cold places. I don't think he's. I don't think he's ever really had an opportunity to play in the cold. So we'll see where that goes. Um, and you know the Jaguars. They have a easier schedule than the Browns, I think. That they've not really beaten anyone, um, so it's kind of hard to judge them in that regard. They've been playing well lately, but they got smacked up and down the field by San Francisco three weeks ago. Yeah. So the, the Niners, it seems like they found their like they found their swag again. It seems like because they beat up on the Eagles too. So it's like, yeah, they're on fire and. Yeah, the Jaguars I have no clue about. They they are probably good, but how good are they is my question. They they're good, but they they've not been tested. I mean, went two wins over Indy, Atlanta, Buffalo, New Orleans, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, Houston. Hmm. It's just kind of yeah, you're just taking advantage of your schedule at that point. Yeah, they they split with Houston too. The first time they played Houston, they got beat 37-17. So yeah, and this was before people thought knew about CJ Stroud being CJ Stroud, and he's been CJ Stroud. So yeah, yeah, that was actually I think Stroud's probably actually I think Stroud had a really good week one game or week two game, but uh, yeah, he kind of had his coming out party in week two, thirty of forty seven for three eighty four and two two touchdowns against the Colts in a loss. Um. Then obviously he had his 500 yard game against the Bucks. Had had Baker's touchdown throw stuck in that game, we'd be in a lot better playoff spot, I think. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Also, and we can think that if we do make the playoffs on a tiebreaker over the Texans, although the the head to head would be kind of tough there because I don't expect us to win that game. We can thank the uh, we can thank the Panthers who only, their only only win came against the Texans. <laughs> nice yeah just proof that weird things can happen in the NFL at any point yep. but um, 
getting back to the rounds, there, there's just I feel like the vibe in the fan base is kind of, and Gerbs even alluded to it today. He he was kind of doomy. Um, I don't know how much doom we should actually have because um, we, at this point, we're playing for those games against the Bears, Jets, and Bengals. Like that's the season. It's those three games. Yeah, yeah like I, we I, could. I guess- I guess people are in the fear of like the 07 scenario where we basically were left out of the playoffs because of tiebreakers. I think that's just kind of where people's fears are at right now because you're in a four-way tie. You don't want to be held out of the playoffs because of something stupid like tiebreakers. So like, I, I guess I can totally understand people's fears right now. Yeah, it's just going to – like the tiebreakers are so, so weird and so many of these games can go either way down the stretch that – like just getting to ten wins and hoping for the best is probably your best bet. Um, like I said, the Broncos are going to struggle to get to ten because they have to go four and one. The Texans have to are going to they need to go three and two, but I think they are staring at a bit of a. Uh, the Texans are probably the easiest. They have the Titans twice uh, and the Colts in week seventeen. So yeah, the Titans could probably the Texans could get to ten or eleven if they beat the Browns. Um, the Ravens actually have the toughest schedule of anyone trying to make the playoffs, but they're, they're pretty locked in at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, the Colts have the Bengals, Steelers, Falcons, Raiders, and Texans. So the Colts could, I mean, honestly, the Colts could theoretically win any of those and lose any of those. They're, just kind of a wild card. The fact that they've won four straight is. Yeah. They almost lost to a Titans team. That's kind of faltering. So like they are definitely like a coin flip team. Every, they were, they were, they were three and five heading into the month of November and wouldn't have beat the Panthers if they didn't score two defensive touchdowns. (laughs) So, um, Shout out Steichen, man. He, just like the Browns, they f- keep finding ways to keep winning. Yeah, I mean, they, they've been doing well there. And with the Bengals falling apart down the stretch, and now we don't know what the Steelers are going to be. I think we actually kind of need the Steelers to win that game. But uh, it just comes down to the Browns getting to 10. And it could start this weekend. It could be next weekend. But they just got to get to 10. Yeah. If they don't make the playoffs with 10 wins – Bad luck. Uh, I think I plugged it in just just their games. If they get to 10, 10 wins, they have an eighty six percent chance to get, make the playoffs. If you do, if you miss on that fourteen percent, if you miss on that fourteen percent because of some tiebreaker, be, because you lost to the Texans when you were beat to hell, I, I like it would suck. But you know, ten wins with the with the luck that they had in terms of injury this year, could be looked at as a positive. It won't be at the time, but mm-hmm. but I think that's about all we have to say um, about that game. Um, just going to briefly touch on the the picks here. Um, we. All of us had a pretty good week. Uh, Matt, you got four of the prop bets right. 
Um, I got all of the game picks right. Joe or Gerbs, <laughs> Gerbs uh, only got one of the prop bets right. And as as it is prophesized, there is a tie for the lead. Is there? Yes. Gerbs and I are now tied at 103. You are at 101. <laughs> I was hoping you would give me it. Oh man. Yeah, the difference there was if, if you'd have picked the if you'd have picked the the Rams, you we'd all been tied at 103. <laughs> I had to be different. And the one time I was different, it it shot it bit me in the ass. <laughs> yeah, I was the only one to pick the Niners, so you know, I think I, I think I picked the Broncos just because I was like the Broncos. I guess I was just salty about that game. It was like, oh, they won because of stupid stuff. Oh, so well, like, then you're even further behind. I, I gave you wins for the Broncos. You're at 99. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I think that it was at least a cover, right? So, or, uh, what was the final? No, it was five points, wasn't it? Yeah, it was 22-17. So it was Houston minus three and a half. Oh, okay. Um, but ugly football game either way. Yeah, it was it very interesting game on red zone though. It was very interesting <laughs> just watching all those like tight games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I was watching the quad box all uh all all afternoon. I fell asleep watching the quad box actually. And then I woke up for the Browns game. But, yeah. Um, we will be back later this week to break down the Jaguars game. Um, hopefully, Gerbs gets over his fit of doom and we can be in a good place. Yeah, maybe but. he just needs D&D to like, calm his nerves and all that. I, I forget what day he does that, but usually it's like the day after and he's usually in a better mood. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be that much different than the last couple of games. Uh, I think the Browns will do enough to keep it close early. Um, I think the difference is going to come in how they play the fourth quarter and they've been a lot better at home than they have on the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so. it. like hopefully that home cooking just go just uh, goes in their favor. Yeah, they just gotta they gotta get some luck to go their way. They gotta get some players back on the field. Um, we gotta make a good decision on who we're starting at quarterback. Um, yeah, obviously, yeah, that now probably Flacco. I if I had to guess, it'll be Flacco. I think Stefanski saw how the offense worked with him back there. And they're gonna be, they're gonna be wanting to keep him out there, um, even if it's just for a couple more weeks. And then maybe, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't like. I don't think you want to go back. <laughs> no, like <laughs> I think we at least seen that the floor is so high with Flacco that even if, like, even. If he has a clunker, I don't think it's going to be like a massive clunker. Yeah, and you know the the Jaguars are going to be able to get after him a little bit more, um, so we will see how that works. Um, but 
I just don't think I think he sees a lot after one week he's going to look at the film and say this is I I can run the offense that I had with Jacoby and that's going to be what they do they just got to find ways to (laughs) they got to find receivers that are going to be able to catch the ball Um, hopefully they have Cooper out there Uh, who knows yeah yeah that would help because obviously uh shout out shout out to Mar- uh, like Elijah Moore though he did have his best game probably as a brown that probably helps that Joe Flacco is there for the in that respect because they do have that like built-in chemistry from working w- together with the uh, being together with the Jets so I mean that that's hopefully a sign of things to come in that respect yep I think I think they're just gonna need to Keep figuring the offense out. I don't know how they're going to do it, but maybe they'll maybe they'll work it out. Who knows? Yeah. Okay. Well, we will be back on Thursday with D and D therapy post therapeutic D and D session Gerbs. And hopefully, he has his puppy there. He it, it, he at least was like happy when his puppy was there. <laughs> I mean, if you're sad with the puppy around, <laughs> what are you doing with your life then? <laughs> yeah. Um, but okay, we'll be back on Thursday. Uh, Matt, you got anything else to add? No, I think I'm good. Enough therapy for one night. <laughs> yeah, enough therapy for sure. Okay. Well, we'll be back. The team will be back. The sky hasn't fallen yet. The sky hasn't fallen until you lose to the Bears. Yeah, that's probably please true. Please don't lose to the Bears. Please don't lose to the Bears. <laughs> yeah, please don't lose to the Bears, Jets, and Bengals. It's probably the coal. <laughs> D- doom levels will be too high. Okay. Um, that'll be it for tonight. Go Browns. Go Browns. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long messy and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.